places where you have this nebulous cloud of color come towards you with this Morgan Freeman sounding voice saying, I am God. That's how science fiction portrays horses. Or perhaps the typical old man with a long white beard dressed in white. Your typical, I wish I had a grandfather like him. Is that God? Well, that's God our way, man's way. But how did God reveal himself to man? How did God show God his way? Let's look at what Hebrews says to us. In the original text, this verse starts with chapter 1, verse 1. It says, God. God, long ago, at many times and in many ways, spoke to our fathers. It starts with God. Yahweh, God Almighty. Few New Testament books speak about God so often. That word is used 68 times in this book of Hebrews. And so right at this beginning of this letter to the Hebrews, we are confronted with this reality of God, who He is, what He's done, and the fact that He's been active in human history and way before that. God. He created the world. And when He did create the world, He didn't just leave us alone and then get on with whatever He does in the celestial heavens. Leave us to our own devices. He's not an impersonal God like many other religions teach. And like the Talaandig, the people we support in the Philippines, as they were taught by the spirits in the forest. God doesn't care about you. He might have made you, but then he went across a sky dome and he's left you alone. That's what Jason was telling us. This isn't the God that we know, you and I. He's a personal God. He's intensely involved with his creation. He made his creation. He cares for us. He cares for his creation. And he's a very personal God. He's not an impersonal one. Like some other religions teach. One you can't approach because you don't know how you will be received. He's a personal God. And that's not all. This personal God who made everything and who sustains everything chose to reveal himself to us. He chose to reveal himself. If God had not done that, we would not have known who he is. He chose to reveal himself to us. How did he do that? That's what these first couple of verses are all about. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. He revealed himself and his will by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. He revealed himself. For as long as humans have been around, God has been revealing himself, either directly through a, a spoken, audible voice, Or he's revealed himself through theophanies. What are theophanies? Theophanies are visible manifestations of God. Where he might appear in the form of three men to someone. As scripture tells us. And there's various others. It's also called a Christophany. If you want to know the theological terms. An image of Christ that appears. Or God that appears. 
he is the, he has revealed himself through his creation, right? If you've ever been in a dark place and looked up at, a, at the stars, they surround you. And all they scream at you is, how great is God? How great is the creator? He reveals himself to us through his creation. And then he reveals himself through, as the text has just said, through his chosen spokespeople. So God chose to speak his mind through his creation and through his people that he chose. Let's just look at the creation. I want to give you an example in the Psalm, Psalm 19, verse 1 to 3. This is what it says. How does God reveal himself to us through the, his creation? We've read this before. The heavens declare the glory of God. They talk about the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. Night to night reveals knowledge of God. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. God speaks through his creation. What does the New Testament say about this? Romans chapter 1 verses 19 to 20. This is a manifestation of God. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by the unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them. God has revealed it to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature having been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. God reveals himself to mankind, right? Old Testament, New Testament. So he's spoken through people as well. He speaks his mind. He tells us about his will. He reveals more about himself through people. He conveys in the Old Testament, we see that he conveyed his message in various other forms too, through visions. Through dreams. There are many examples of those. Think of Jacob wrestling with God. He conveyed his message through angels. He conveyed his message through Urim and Thummim. Anyone know what those are? Urim and Thummim. You can say that fast. You win a prize. No. Urim and Thummim. I've got a picture there of them. They were two little stones put into the breastplate of the high priest. And when the priest had to make a decision before the Lord, the Lord would tell him to throw the thummim and the urim down. And then through the way they fell, there was a yes or a no answer from God. Now, why God did that, we don't know. But God chose that in the Old Testament. And I'll come back to those. And then God revealed His will through natural events. Through a pillar of fire to lead the Israelites through opening up the ground when people didn't live the way God wanted them, when they were disobedient to Him, He opened the ground and swallowed them and their families. And in the case of Balaam, the Lord reveals His will through a donkey. Interesting. So these first four verses that we've read today in Hebrews, they summarize a whole sweep of human history. They speak of how the world was created. They speak about how the world was sustained. It's the Lord doing it. They speak of two decisive periods, the Old Testament era or those times long ago. 
when God spoke through his prophets at many times, and in the original that means at many fragmented times, broken up times, and in many ways, in many varied colored ways, that's what the original text says. So that's the Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, or these last days, referring to the final period in history in which the writer for, or the Hebrews is writing and in which we're still living, we, living, we are living now in the last days. God has spoken again, but this time in a unique, decisive, and a final way. How's He spoken, says the text? He has spoken through His Son. We're going to look at that closely. So God did not reveal everything about Himself and His plans all at once. He didn't put mankind down and say, right, are you ready? This is a download. Poised. All right, here we go. Download. That's me. We would never have handled it. Ever. And actually, I think we'd just be burnt on the spot. God revealed Himself progressively over time through various means and people. It's called progressive revelation of God. Culminating in, and that's important, Jesus Christ. His revelation culminated in Jesus Christ. We're going to come back to that as well. There's lots of points we'll come back to. So let's just look how he revealed himself in the Old Testament. According to the text, remember, he's writing to the Hebrews. The Old Testament was very, very important to them. And these Jews were wondering, shall we go back to the ways of our forefathers and leave these New Testamental ways behind? Judaism and everything that associated with it. So he reminds them how God revealed himself to the Old Testamental people. He was alive. So how did he do that? Let's go back to Genesis. You thought it's going to be a short sermon. Here we go. There we see God. He's the interacting and the personal God. Where do we see that? Adam and Eve. What did God do with them in the evenings? He walked with them. He talked with them until they sinned. He's an interacting personal God. We see that the Lord warns people about sin and the effect sin will have on you in his conversation with Cain. Genesis chapter 4 verse 7, after Cain had killed his brother, the Lord said this to Cain, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, literally to overcome you. But you must rule over it. The Lord is revealing his attitude to sin and how we are to deal with sin. It's crouching there, but you must overcome it. Then God revealed that he is the judge of human behavior. Who did he speak to about this? Noah. He said to Noah, Noah, I've looked around the whole world, all the men living before me, the living evil lives before me, Noah, and I'm, I'm judging them, they are evil. I'm bringing my judgment on them, Noah. I'm going to flood this world and destroy them. But I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. God is speaking to Noah about him being the judge of mankind. Remember, they didn't all know this all at the beginning. This was progressive revelation about who God is. And then God reveals his faithfulness in his covenant with Abraham. Genesis 15, God himself in the form of a, look at the symbolism now, of a smoking fire pot and of a flaming torch passes between the two halves of the split sacrifice. 
And by that he says, Abraham, I am God Almighty. I am making a covenant with you. You are going to fail. I will keep the covenant on your behalf. And so I walk through the middle myself. I will keep the covenant. I am a covenant-keeping God. There is more revelation about himself. He does it on our behalf. Didn't he do that in the New Testament? But I'm jumping ahead. God reveals his essence, the very essence of who he is, to Moses at the burning bush. Moses is watching that thing that he'd never seen before, this bush burning and it's not being consumed. And then the, an audible voice comes to him. I am who I am. God revealing himself. And Moses knew, take off your sandals, bro. This is holy ground. And then we see God is the provider. He reveals this. Where do we see this? As he looks at the nation of Israel as they go out of Egypt, in the Exodus, going through the Red Sea, giving them manna and water in the wilderness. Doesn't that scream out, I love you, I want to protect you. Your, your, the, the sandals on your feet aren't even going to wear out over 40 years. Your clothes won't wear out. I am God, the provider. Jehovah, Jireh, Yireh. And then God reveals how he wants to be worshipped to Moses and the people of Israel. As he meets them there at Mount Sinai, gives them the Ten Commandments, and he says this to them, revealing who he is again, progressive revelation, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. You shall have no other gods before me. God reveals that he is jealous for his own name. And then he reveals that he sees man's heart. Different person again. Samuel this time. And he says to Samuel, Samuel, as you're choosing a king, don't choose a handsome one, Samuel, because I don't look at the man, I look at a man's heart. Choose David. For the Lord sees not a man, he, he sees not as man sees, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now we know a little bit more about what God does with us. And then the Lord shows that he's jealous for his own honor. Where do we see that? Through Elijah, speaking to the prophets of Baal, who had been making sacrifices and stabbing themselves all day, and their God had heard nothing. And then Elijah says to them, with the Lord speaking through him, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? I love that. If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, then follow him. Choose this day, as he said to Joshua. God revealing himself. And then God uses his spirit to speak through men in the Old Testament. Now, this is an amazing verse. I said to the men's group, I've never seen this. I've read my Bible for how many years? I've never seen this. And it's not a new Bible. It's the same Bible. David, 2 Samuel 23, verses 2 to 3. I'll read you the verse that hit me between the eyes. Listen to the words in the Old Testament. The Spirit of the Lord speaks by me. His word is on my tongue. The God of Israel has spoken. The rock of Israel has said to me, and then he reveals what God says to him. Wow. How did God write his word? Through holy men who felt the Spirit come upon them and they had to write. There's David. What did he write? Psalms, so many of them. Amazing. 
And then God reveals His future plan through the prophecies about the Messiah, through the prophet Isaiah, Jeremiah, and in the Psalms themselves. And I'll just read you one example of this, Isaiah 50, verse 20. Old Testament, God revealing His plan for the future. And a Redeemer will come to Zion. To those in Jacob who turn from transgression, declares the Lord. There's a future glimpse as the Lord revealed it. So, for those who say that God was silent in the Old Testament, that He's an unknown God in the Old Testament, there is so much evidence to say nonsense. God was active. He was audible. He was known in the Old Testament. He constantly revealed Himself, as the text says in Hebrews, at various times and in various ways. Yes, in fragmented and incomplete revelation. That's the New Testament's coming. So how did God speak in the New Testament? Verse 2. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things. The Old Testament was passed. Jesus Christ came. He was born in Bethlehem. The New Testament era started. And we are still in that era until Christ returns. These last days. How did God speak? God spoke to us by His Son, says the text. He gave us a complete revelation. It's not incomplete. It's not fragmented anymore. This is the complete revelation of God's will for us now through Jesus Christ. So in this New Testament era, God stopped using Urim and Thummim, even though you can still buy them on the internet. God's not going to tell you yes or no through those anymore. Why? Because then you are trampling on the Son of God. God speaks through His Son in the New Testament era. You can't choose how you want God to speak to you now. And there are many people who get sucked in by these things. Other things, too. There's no more need for prophets. Now, when I say prophets, it is, this is a new word from the Lord, prophecy. Things that aren't in Scripture, that the Lord has revealed to me, in the sense of that prophecy. Like the Old Testament, Isaiah's, Jeremiah's. I'm not speaking about speaking out powerfully, using God's Word, and it affects people's lives. Prophesying into their lives. I'm not talking about that. The New Testament speaks about New Testament prophecy. I'm speaking about Old Testament prophecy. There is no more need for that. Why? Because the great prophet, P, capital P, has come. Why should any others be relevant? And so we've really got to be careful when we speak about that word, prophecy. And as predicted by the Old Testament prophets and by God Himself, God made Himself into human form. The ultimate illustration. He became one of us. Through the second person of the Trinity, it says He came and He spoke through His Son. God revealed Himself to us through Jesus in this new age, the Messianic age in which we now are. And when Jesus speaks, He speaks the very words of God. So we've got to pay attention. When you read the Bible and Jesus speaks, pay attention to what He's saying. The whole Bible, but when He speaks, listen to what He says. The Apostle John in, one, uh, in John 1.14 said this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is this Son of God? We need to really clarify that today in 2021. Who is Jesus Christ, the Son of God? 
I'll start like Hebrew starts. He is God. Why do I say that? You go into the market on a Saturday morning and there'll be those who will tell you he was created by God. That's an untruth. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, was not created by God. That's a misquote of a verse in Scripture. He is God. He came as a second person of the Trinity, in visible form as Jesus Christ, so that God could show us and so that we could hear the very words of God to us. Don't be fooled by that. Many have been sucked in by that false religion. He is God. Jesus himself claimed deity. So people don't read their so-called Bibles properly. He taught his disciples to pray in his own name. He claimed that he and the Father are one. He said that he was the Son of God. He claimed to know, if you know him, you know God. If you see him, you see who? You see God. If you receive him, you receive God. He said that many times to very many people in the New Testament era. If you believe him, he said to the Pharisees, you will believe in God. And they nearly stoned him for that. If you honor him, you are honoring God. And then he warned, if you hate me, you hate God. So I am God. So he's the son of God. He is God. And then secondly, he's God's mouthpiece. We saw already in the book of John, as the word, he spoke God's word. The second person of the Trinity. He spoke the very words of God, says the King James Version. God's word as they were uttered, those are his words, which are God's. God himself said that Jesus is my mouthpiece. Where did he say that? In examples? At Jesus' baptism. What happened at Jesus' baptism? As he came up out of the water... The Spirit rested on him, and a voice from the heavens, the Father, what did the Father say of the Son? He said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In other words, listen to him. He's my Son. He's my mouthpiece. And then at the transfiguration on top of that, that hill, a voice came to the disciples there with the Lord in that cloud. A voice came and said, this is my Son, my chosen one, listen to him when he speaks. Listen to him. He's my mouthpiece. You see, Jesus too claimed to be the mouthpiece of God. This is what he said in John 12, 49. For I've not spoken of my own authority, says Jesus, but my Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment what to say and what to speak. So he's speaking what God tells him. And when we look at all this evidence, we see that God sent His Son and His words were recorded by holy men who wrote down these things so that we in future generations could have them. And so today we have the Word of God and together God speaks to us and we hear what He says. His words have been recorded so that we have the complete Word of God with us today. So, how was this to encourage his Hebrew believers, the stuff I've looked at now? How were they to find encouragement in this? I want to name to you five quick things. Well, if they heard this truth, then 
they had to know that Christ did not come to break from the great Jewish past. He actually came to fulfill all those prophecies from the past. He wasn't turning his back on Jewishness. He wasn't turning his back on the Jewish ways. He himself was a Jew. He was coming to fulfill all those prophecies that had been made to the Jewish people and to those who would put their faith in him. This was the same God who had spoken in both the Old and the New Testament, and these Hebrew believers had to hear this. God had not changed. His Old Testament promises hadn't changed. His promises to look after the nation of Israel, to care for them, to love them, and to, to care for those who trusted him, those were still relevant to them as New Testamental Hebrew believers. Jesus himself had spoken the very same truths that God had spoken to the nation of Israel just before they went into the, nation, the, the land of Canaan, back in Deuteronomy. This is what Jesus said in the New Testament. Matthew 6.31 So don't worry about yourselves saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? What shall we wear? Listen to the Hebrew concerns, right? Isn't that what they were worried about? They were living in poverty for the sake of their faith. Every day they were being persecuted. What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Wouldn't you agree? And so these New Testamental Jewish believers did not have to go back to the Old Testamental promises to know that God would look after them. He would look after them. God hadn't changed. He's there with them. They could depend on His promises. They could have a heart know that God can be trusted. I know it. They had a present hope, not a past hope. What do we do with all this? That's the first two verses. That's all I've got time for this morning. But what do we do with all these things? I want to put four things before you. This. Is God still speaking and revealing himself today? Listen to my answer and listen to the full answer. Yes, God can speak to people today. Yes, God can speak to whomever he wants. Whenever he wants, however he wants, he's God. Who are we to limit how he communicates with us? But there's no need to do so. Why? Depends on your definition of speaking. Does he, I'm going to go through this a bit, all right? So you'll see the answer. It's still part of my long answer. Does he still speak and guide us through Scripture that suddenly comes alive, as it did to me in that Second Samuel verse, and that speaks to us? Yes, Scripture is God, God's breathed out word to us. It's a living word as his Spirit uses it in our hearts. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, God's word is there for us. It's there to equip us to live lives which glorify him in the end. Shows us what he's like. So it shows us that he speaks to us. So can we still hear him speaking audibly, as many in the Old Testament and New Testament did? Can you hear God speaking audibly today? Hear my full answer. There's no biblical reason why God could not speak to a person audibly today. There are hundreds of times in the Bible 
which record God speaking over the course of 4,000 years of human history. But why would it suddenly change? However, God speaking audibly is the exception, not the rule today. Even in the biblically recorded instances of God speaking, yes, there were times when it was clear, audible sound, but sometimes it was an inner voice of God speaking or a mental impression God put on someone. Still God speaking, but not necessarily, not necessarily, necessarily audibly. I'll give you a very short illustration of what this is. Um, when I was in the military, um, I experienced a bomb going off, and I was in a building that it was targeted to. I was about to go home, um, waiting at a lift with another person to go downstairs, and I heard, I thought it was my sergeant major calling me back, saying, hey, Calvin, can you please come and do X for me in the office? So I said to this person with me, listen, you go down, I'll meet you, because we're going on the same bus, I'll meet you downstairs, I'm just going to quickly go and see what she has to say. So I went back, and as I got into my office, the bomb went off. Glass everywhere, shattered people, killed people. The person I was with had got down to the ground, and as she walked out, that's when the bomb went off, and she was severely, severely, severely maimed. They thought she was going to die. I would have been there with her. Was that God speaking to me? I asked my sergeant major, why did you call me back? She said, I didn't call you. God be praised. Can he still speak to us? Who am I to say no? He spoke to me. It sounded like the sergeant major, but he spoke to me. God still speaks. Will he ever give us new truth, not revealed in scripture at all? The scriptures are complete. His word to us is complete. Will he ever reveal something new to us that we never knew ever before about God, which is, way, where did this come from? New truths about God? In heaven, maybe, when we see him face to face, we're going to be learning all the time new things we never knew before. But on this earth, he has given us a complete word of God. And so we must be really, really careful before we say, God said this, or God said that. You know, in the Old Testament, if you said God said this or said that and you were wrong, they stoned you to death. That's how serious it is. Because you're made out to be a liar. Be careful of that. So God, God can still speak to us. And He speaks to us through events. He can guide us through arranging our circumstances. I've just seen that with J.B. and Michelle as they've moved here. To the very day things happen. To the very hour things happen. Amazing. I've had it in my life too. And I'm sure many of you have too. How else does the Lord help us and speak to us? He speaks to us to discern right from wrong through our consciences. You know it's wrong. And then he's in the process of changing and conforming our minds so that we think more like him. He allows events to occur in our lives, like COVID, to direct us, to change us, to grow us spiritually. He speaks to many now, especially in the Muslim world, through visions. And it's not just any old vision. They are specifically always visions of a man dressed in white, and they're told to follow him. Not other weird stuff. Follow him. And so they start investigating, and it turns out it's the Messiah they need to follow. Amazing. So, God's main means of speaking to us today is through his word, the Bible. That's where he speaks. He's spoken to us in 66 books of the Old Testament. 
He speaks to His people every time we read His Word, every time we hear it preached. The Bible contains everything we need to know about God, how to be saved and how to live before Him. So, my friend, if you want to hear God speaking audibly, here's my tip. Take your Bible, open it, start reading the very words of God aloud. And as you do, you will hear God speaking to you through His Word. And He might impress on your heart very specific things He wants you to do. He will speak to you. You will hear Him. Listen to what God says. But, here's a warning. Is He going to reveal any new truth about Himself today? You go on Google and see how much new truth there is about God now. My friend, beware. Scripture tells us, do not go and change to anything He has revealed to us. And don't go adding to Scripture. God warns us about that. I'm going to read just one, and it's applicable to the book of Revelation, but because of its placement right at the back of our Scriptures, it applies to Scripture. Listen to this, Revelation 22, verse 18 to 19. I want everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, in other words, if you leave out things which you should have said, that God's word says, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. Now, I'm not talking about loss of salvation, but that's a whole different topic. And then lastly, I'm going to come back to that person saying, show me God and I'll believe. You see, what does it reveal about that person? It reveals a rebellious heart. Why? Because they want to see God their way. Here's the evidence. They don't want to go through here and hear and see what God says about Himself. They want to God to speak to them, me, I, in my way. God, speak to me. And then I'll believe. Is this the first time we ever see this? What happened in the New Testament? What did the people keep saying? Show us more signs, show us more miracles, then we'll believe. Who were they speaking to? The very Son of God, who they could see with their own eyes. So what does Jesus say to them? He says to them, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. You won't believe if I show you more miracles. So what do I say to this friend who says, show me God and then I'll believe? I'll say, you've got everything you need to believe. Believe what you can see now. Otherwise, you will never believe. Why? Because you've got a rebellious heart. But Christ can show you grace. And He can take that rebellion away. And so in summary, the God of the Bible has told you and I not only who He is, He's revealed Himself to us, or how we should seek our knowledge of Him. He says this to you and I. He says, Know my Son. Listen to his word, when he speaks, I speak. And to those who hear, listen. Amen. Lord, speak to us through your word. And whether you speak to us in that still small voice which directs us, which guides us, which reminds us of what is wrong and what is right, 
or whether you speak to us in an overwhelming way, like the Apostle Paul, where we have to sit down. We won't limit you, God. But speak to us, we pray. Keep us in your word, in the very words of God. When Jesus says something, may we believe him. Apply that truth to our lives as your spirit enables it. And in all this, your name, God, will be glorified. Use this book of Hebrews, Lord, as it strengthened those Hebrew believers in that first century after you were on earth. Help us now in 2021, Lord. The same changeless truth can encourage us too. And keep our eyes focused on Almighty God, the one who is at the center of our very existence. God. Amen.